We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at com on all social media sites, TV. And um, if you would like to find out what the programming is for the broadcast network, it's very simple. All you need to do is go to www.xzbn.net and for the program listing of the Exxon TV channel, which is channel 21 on Simul TV, www.simultv.com. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Michael Wan, and we're going to be talking to Michael about the Susquehanna River. Now, it's the biggest mystery of our times. For over 400 years, members of secret societies and mystical organizations have used the Susquehanna as a large-scale altar for ancient practice of river goddess worship. The age of Aquarius is said to be unfolding. The qualities associated with Aquarian age are innovation, electricity, the human being, and the collective. Life on Earth is aligning to Aquarian concepts through computer technology and globalism. Both were introduced to the planet on the Susquehanna. This can be uh, thought as an offering to the river goddess. Joining me now is Michael Wan. And Michael, welcome to the X-Zone. Rob, thank you for having me. I I'm uh, very excited to be here. Michael, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became so um, so taken by the Susquehanna River. Well, it kind of found me, to ah. be quite honest. Uh, I'm an artist. I um, had been involved with maybe more regular pursuits and life had brought me to a small little river town along the Susquehanna um, in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Right. And something just kind of got in my mm -hmm. head uh, as I was spending time along the river to begin to um, just do some basic research. And from that initial um, inclination, the rest just kind of fell right in my lap. What is the history of the of the mystical aspect uh, of the river? Well, what 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 we're talking about today mm -hmm. is not anything you're going to go into Barnes and Noble and go into their like secret mysteries of the the Freemasons. You're not going to find anything like that. Nothing what we're going to talk about is written down. However, it is the biggest smoking gun you can find because everything which we're going to look at mm -hmm. is part of the historical record, the geological record, and just material reality. All what we're going to be doing is, is following this golden thread. So how long this has been 
part of of some sort of of mystical practice i don't know but i pick up the story in 1607 with the establishment of the jamestown settlement all right so let's start in 1607 it's not that uh, it's not that recent you know but still that'll give us a good starting point so it's, what is the association between jamestown and the river so the the first thing before we get into that, uh, I just uh, want to be clear with some of the words and definitions which we're using. And okay. so when I'm talking about the Susquehanna, I'm referring to a unified body of water. Um, and when you look at the Susquehanna from that perspective, mm -hmm. the Chesapeake Bay is from a geological and literal perspective, it is the flooded valley of the Susquehanna River. So I include the Chesapeake Bay as part of uh, that that title, Susquehanna. Now the Chesapeake so, Bay is in, in Maryland, doesn't it? And isn't it uh, doesn't it flow into the Atlantic Ocean? You're absolutely correct. Okay. So um, the Susquehanna River is more or less, um, and this may be helpful for any listener mm -hmm. if they have access to a, a computer. If they're listening in on a, uh, listening to a computer, they can go to the Susquehanna Alchemy website, and you can see go to the info sheet section. You can mm -hmm. see what we're talking about. But the river runs through New York, through Pennsylvania, into Maryland and Virginia, uh, and it's in Maryland that it transitions from being a river into the estuary, which the Chesapeake Bay is, and it is at the mouth of the Chesapeake Bay. Um, where it meets the Atlantic, where Jamestown is established. And so Jamestown, uh, particularly from a, 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 um, a straight line historical perspective, is the birthplace of both the British Empire and the United States. It, it, it holds that distinction. And when you, you dig a little bit deeper, into um, the the people behind it. It's not like a bunch of folks just hopped on a boat and went east or, or went west and and came to the new world. I mean, this was it was the uh, the byproduct of a of a for profit corporation known as the the Virginia Company of London, and it was it received a a charter from from King James, and they had a board of directors and arguably the most um, influential member on that that board of directors or executive committee was Sir Francis Bacon. And Sir Francis Bacon um, is arguably the most influential person behind uh, really the last 400 years. And I say that because he's the father of the scientific method. Right. He is the editor of the King James Bible. He mm -hmm. is, he's, he's played all, he's the driving force behind the colonization scheme. And he was also very, very um, uh, influential within the Rosicrucian movement and, and, and in what would become Freemasonry. And so that's where we kind of begin our story because this, this Jamestown settlement ties back to him and for me, the, the Susquehanna mystery began with the John Smith map. And the John Smith map of Virginia 
which is accredited to the leader of Jamestown, John Smith. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's primarily a, a, a map of the Chesapeake Bay. But when you study it and when you look at it, all sorts of strange things begin to maybe catch the eye. Such as? And, well, the most obvious is if you look at the very top line of it and it, okay. it lists the um, the latitudinal degrees from 37 to 41 degrees, number 40 is not just backwards, but it's mirrored the four points in the wrong direction. And it's one, it's probably easy to overlook if if you're not paying attention to details. And secondly, you know, it can be written off as, you know, an error. Right. But when you put it into context of the people who are behind it, who are masters of the art of steganography, which is the um, the the art and the practice of hiding secret information within public documents. And you begin to look at the known practices of how steganography works. And one of them is known as uh, mispaginations or mi purposeful misnumbering. Um, right. We've seen this in a lot of Francis Bacon's work. He was a master code maker and a master steganography or steganographer. And this is one of the clues or one of the clues to those with eyes who can see that, hey, look a little bit deeper. There's something going on. That's quite impressive. And so for me, mm -hmm. when when I, I saw that 40 and, you know, immediately uh, I was looking at that. I mean, I began looking at, at Wikipedia, like Susquehanna, the river. And right. very quickly, that's going to bring you to the, the John Smith map because it's connected. It's the same body of water. And then I was looking at the map online and I saw the 40 and then I did some research. I'm like, why is the 40 backwards? And I, I couldn't find anything. And having been a, a student of conspiracy and mystical societies and all sorts of stuff like that for like 15, 20 years, you know, that just jumps right out of my radar. And so I start looking in and, and um, the long and the short of it is uh, what... And I take this as a hypothesis, and I would I would suggest this to anyone listening is like, you know, take this as a hypothesis. Don't take this as my word. But I'm going to say that there is a secret code in there and what that secret code is, because at the end of the day, these guys are very pragmatic. All right. not gonna well, go. you, I'm going to ask you to hold on. I've got to take my first break. Exonation Michael Wong. Wong is our special guest, and uh, his website is SasquehannaAlchemy.com. And Michael and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we dig deeper into the mystery of the Susquehanna River. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. And we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, iHeart Radio, Xena FM, Simul Radio, and Simul TV. Don't go. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. 
Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Exonation Michael Wan is our special guest of this hour. And we're talking to Michael about Susquehanna Alchemy. And his website is SasquehannaAlchemy.com. Before we go any further, uh, Michael, can you explain the name Susquehanna Alchemy? Uh, yes. Um, it's a bit of a double entendre. So much of the story which which is being revealed uh, through Susquehanna Alchemy is, mm-hmm. is primarily about the alchemists and the alchemy they are um, attempting or, or actually doing upon uh, material reality. So there's that one level. And then there's also, since I've been researching this and since I've been giving presentations and, and, and connecting with people and sharing this, this, this history, very strange things seem to happen, uh, both personally to myself and I'm hearing this from other people and, and it often happens in, in changes within their life. And so that alchemy is also being kind of nodded at within that name. What what kind of what kind of things are happening in your personal life and uh, and into the lives of others who are who are looking at this uh, mystery? All right, well that's a big question, but uh, <laughs> I'll try to answer that succinctly. Um, so I'll even take it a step further. It's like okay. you know, undeniably we are in the process of something worldwide, some degree of change, no matter how you want to look at that, whether that's just, you know, the movement to where we're going technologically or not. And that seems to be accelerated. Personally speaking, um, anything and everything that has ever been uh, buried, hidden, repressed, you know, Mm -hmm. that's come right up into the surface where, you know, it gives me the wonderful opportunity to go and face and work through, um, whatever those issues may be. And that seems to be consistent. That seems to be a big part of this story in, uh, for the people who've been involved with it is how this ties deeply within um, you know, the emotional body, the subconscious, and all of that kind of like really human sort of stuff. Okay. But could that just not be a coincidence? Uh, could it not be a coincidence? That's kind of my thought. Yeah, I don't think it is a coincidence. I believe there's, there's something which is being, um, activated, triggered, whatever you want to say. I would say it's all done in for everyone's best interest and experience and growth. But who's doing it? 
Uh, I don't know if it's a who as much as it is a what. Um, and that's part of the mystery. Um, and, and, you know, that's part of the mystery of, of, of experience. Mm -hmm. I don't know who's doing it. All I know is um, there is something uh, magnetic and mystical about, um, about this body of water. I mean, you can say this about a lot of different um, parts of, of the earth or mm -hmm. the physical reality. Uh, this is just one which is tied completely to many of the, the, the different, the different parts of our world which are really influencing all of reality, globalism, technology, electricity. And we see that tied into this river and we see it tied into this river through uh, people associated with mystical and secret societies. Now, how all that works, you know, what is the underlying working um, uh, principles behind our life? I mean, that's a little bit above my pay grade. So um, I can just kind of see see phenomenon mm -hmm. and and recognize patterns but if you can't if it's beyond your pay grade to answer these questions because you don't have the answers how did you come up with the conclusions that you did uh deductive reasoning but that doesn't mean it's so that's a hypothesis you're absolutely right. And that's exactly what I said. I say, mm -hmm. treat this as a hypothesis. This right. is a smoking gun. This is the this is the most circumstantial evidence with the strongest amount of circumstantial evidence of any case you're ever going to see. But you're, you know? you're calling it a smoking gun. Tell mm -hmm. me how this is a smoking gun, because what I'm hearing now is, all right, it, there, it's a great story. It's got a, it's got mystery. It's got intrigue. But what is the smoking gun? So the smoking gun is we, we, we want to take a step back okay. and, and understand the practice of river worship. And okay. this was something which has been done in cultures all across the planet, most mm -hmm. um, evident, like the Celtics and the Vedics, and, and you can see it in, in, in Egypt and so forth. And I'm going to suggest that that exact same thing is happening upon this river. And what we've seen happen, and if you understand, like, let's say from a biblical perspective of what an altar is, mm -hmm. which is a place of sacrifice, and what's often placed upon that is what's known as the first fruits or the first of, of some kind. And it's an offering to, you know, to a god or to a deity or to whatever that may be. Again, that's what I mean by above my pay grade. I don't have those answers, but I'm going to look at all the details. We can see at every single major physical transition upon this river, which happens to be, if not the oldest, one of the five or 10 oldest rivers on the planet, mm -hmm. we see the very beginning of the most influential organizations upon the last 400 years, United States and the British Empire. And if you right. look at everything that's come through that, we see the birth of the information age uh, with the advent of the first computer known as ENIAC, which is located at Aberdeen Proving Ground, which is where the river, the the Chesapeake Bay transition. We see the very first instance of Edison's three-wire electrical distribution happening where the, th where the two different branches meet in Sunbury, PA. Mm -hmm. And we, we can look at that in terms of first fruits. And well, then if you go and you look at the three different endpoints of the river from the North Branch, the West Branch, and mm -hmm. then where the Chesapeake Bay 
meets the Atlantic Ocean, you're going to find three different secular, nationally recognized secular holidays. Each one of those holidays falls on one of the if not directly on, usually within a week, because they always are going to be on a, uh, a weekend-oriented thing, because just you know how how uh, celebrations work. But they all fall on um, major days of of the ancient um, the ancient calendar. We have Lamas, Imbolc, and uh, May Day, and that's the um, at the 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 north branch right at the the main source that's where you find the baseball hall of fame and that's on right around august 1st is when you have the national celebration or induction weekend you mm -hmm. see right at where the in norfolk where the bay meets the ocean that's where nato has their national nato celebration which is always right on may day and then right on the west branch is basically Puxatawney, pennsylvania where you have the groundhog's day celebration which comes on february 2nd which is in bulk yeah. when you begin to go deeper and deeper and you see how all of these organizations people uh, connect to the mm -hmm. same Types of secret societies. Primarily, we see theosophy, Rosicrucianism. But, but can, can't we just look at that and say, okay, the same thing is can be said of the city of New York on the Hudson. The same thing can be said of the cities of Montreal and, and uh, Quebec City on the St. Lawrence River. Rivers were for the first places that were ever populated. So, have you done studies and researches research into uh -huh. other cities that have the similar traits as the Susquehanna and you know, how have you, how have you compared this? What, how can we say unequivocally that this is something special to this river? Well, I don't think you can say anything really unequivocally, yeah. but that being said, um, yeah, yeah. I, those, those other cities, no, those other rivers, they do not have this. I mean, if you go and you look like, I mean, mm -hmm. right now, how important is computer technology over the past 75 years? It's important. Yeah, I mean, like in terms of influence, I suppose, like mm -hmm. how much has it influenced life and how much life has changed compared to like, let's say, 1880. You know, it's, it's, we can go and see mm -hmm. there is a major, major change. So then we can go and you look at history and you go and say, where is the birthplace of the information age? And you're going to see it's something called ENIAC. It's the, uh, it was the U.S. Army's first computer or it was made, it was for the U.S. Army and mm -hmm. it is the first electronic general programmable computer. It's considered the birthplace of the, of the, um, of the information age. You're not going to find that elsewhere. Uh, you Have can you go and look the same thing with electricity. Mm -hmm. You can say the same thing with, with the, uh, um, with the, with the founding of, of the United States and the British empire. You can't say that in other rivers. Have you checked? Have you done the research or is, are you just assuming and surmising if there's nothing that is as, as, as significant to, to the forwarding of mankind as the computer is, you know, like that doesn't make sense to me. Well, I mean, you can't check every river. So, I mean, yes, I, I hear what you're saying. But then, yeah. I mean, you could go look at the geology of the river. If you go look at the age of the river, mm -hmm. you go look at the other markers. I mean, geologically speaking, this river is unlike physically any other river. And I'll give you, I'll give you three physical aspects. Not, now you're three... not. You're going to do that as soon as we come back from the news break. Okay. Exo Nation, Michael Wan is our guest, and his website is thesasquehannaalchemy.com. I'm sorry, it's 
SasquehannaAlchemy.com. That's www.SasquehannaAlchemy.com. And we'll both be back as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. The X Chronicles newspaper is now available for one and all for the months of November and December. All you need to do is just go to www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. 92 full-color pages with our compliments and the compliments of our advertisers. I'm Rob McConnell. We'll be back. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying... Thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying... Thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Exxon Nation, Michael Wan is our special guest this hour. www.susquehannaalchemy.com uh, okay, you were going to give me three. So I, I, I'm hoping we can switch gears because we got just a little bit of time left, but I'm going to give you something a little bit more concrete okay. and, and return back to the John Smith map. So I'm going to suggest the hypothesis is embedded in the John Smith map. And I've okay. got lots of videos which, which go through all the logic with how this came about. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say there's a hidden location, and that is the Susquehanna River at the 40th parallel. And so if we take that as our hypothesis, and we're like, okay, let's go look at this in material reality. And the 40th parallel is, is relatively, let's say, a 70-mile stretch because there's 70 miles between whole degrees. But we're going to take that as literally as possible, at least where we're going to begin. And when we do that, we, we're, we're going to go and look at the river and Right at 40 degrees, zero minutes and, and six seconds, you're going to find about a half a mile away from, from the river bank mm -hmm. is a, a park, a county park, which opened up literally on the 400th anniversary of Jamestown. So on the exact same day that Jamestown was having its 400th anniversary weekend and Queen Elizabeth was there and the bushes were there because it's a big deal. You, this park actually opens up. So we have this, you know, now we have two links. Now, if you go and you look at this, this park and you look at it from Google Earth, you're mm -hmm. gonna see that it's a, the shape of a crescent moon and a, a, a sun and the exact same positioning that you're going to see in all of the, the, the Middle Ages alchemical art, which is constantly showing the crescent moon and, and, and sun mm -hmm. symbolism. 
So now we've got this other sort of coincidence. Like, okay, and again, this is what I mean by like, okay. I don't, you can't prove anything. I'm just saying this is a smoking gun. That's a hell of a coincidence. And particularly when you understand the significance of the number 400 from a Kabbalistic perspective, mm -hmm. 400 means completion. And Kabbalism is an underlying belief system within all of these organizations. But now we're going to step back even further. So this park, if you were to go and expand upon if you were to go and expand upon a map, and if you were to put a compass point right where this park is, and if you're gonna go and get 10 miles, and you're gonna spin it around on this map, you're going to see that it intersects three different colleges, and it just doesn't intersect these colleges, they are in an almost perfect T-square alignment. And each of these colleges has some degree of correlation to, again, the same organizations, Rosicrucianism, Freemasonry. Mm -hmm. And now when we see this, and you understand if you're familiar with, like, let's say, some Rosicrucian lore and the idea of invisible of the invisible college, again, we have this other layer of what, you know, we can call coincidence, if okay. we just want to say that. But a smoking gun is beginning to show itself. But, but wait a minute, may... wait a minute, the definition of a smoking gun is, uh, inc you know, the, the proof is there, it's undeniable. That's what a smoking gun is. And that's what I would suggest you're exactly looking at. But a smoking gun also says, you don't know who fired it. You don't know why it's there. You just found yourself a smoking All right. gun. You're well, like, let, let something's me, let going me ask on. You this. Let me ask you this. Okay, okay. So, so this is the way it was. This is, you know, the, 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 the fathers who decided to put this here, put that there, do this, do that, do the other thing. What's so wrong with that? No one's saying anything that's wrong with so it. So why, why is this of any significance then? Well, I suppose that would have to go upon personal interest. I mean, there are a whole bunch of things which people find mm -hmm. significant that I certainly don't. Okay. But what I would say is for those that are intrigued by... Secret societies? Well, certainly that, but I would say even more material about, you know, how does the world work? How is the world influenced? I mean, I'll, I'll use an analogy. So okay. are you familiar with, like, let's say, neuro-linguistic programming or NLP? Yep. Or subliminal. So mm. you can go and see, like, you know, you've got a normal conscious working mind. And if you were in the presence of a master neuro-linguistic programmer, without your knowledge, they would be able to hold influence upon you, and you wouldn't know that. Correct? In theory, yeah. In theory, yeah. And I'm going to say that's what we're looking at right here. But at the end of the day, how does that change anything outside of that little corridor? Well, if we go back and say, look at computer technology, for example. Okay, well, let's, you know, the computer technology was also developed in, in California, for goodness sake. It just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't done in, in that part of the world. Oh, you're absolutely right. Yeah, okay. um, I'm interested in the first. That's why I talked about the first fruits and I use the term altar. Um, what I would suggest is when one begins to, I mean, mm -hmm. it really depends upon how someone, I, I speak about this in front of a wide range of people and they come from it from a, a variety of, of different backgrounds. And so in one way, Mm -hmm. This is, and we talk about the smoking gun, this is, this is significant to someone who is, let's say, beginning to become open to 
there's more to how our reality works than what mm. they tell me on CNN. Gotcha. And so this could be something which then goes, all right, well, if this is something, you know, what else is outside of my awareness that could mm -hmm. be influencing me? So you got that one aspect. Then I also talk in front of a lot of people who you might would think of or maybe call would be earth healers, people who feel a very strong connection to the earth as a, a, a living entity. And so when they begin to understand and where things such as river worship has still has some degree of very high meaning, mm -hmm. this is very significant because what I'm going to suggest is the reason why this was done here instead of done there is because there's a hierarchy. There's a hierarchy in almost everything. If you want to be influential in, in let's say, a, 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 a traditional culture, you know, you go to the oldest person, and if you get their influence, or uh, you can have influence upon everything that comes afterwards. Right. If you want to have influence within a human being, you want to speak to the oldest part of their brain, their our brain, and that's going to have influence on all of the newer stuff that comes afterwards. And, you know, if there is any truth to as above, so below, or the law of correspondences, well, maybe the same is true upon planet Earth. And maybe that's the reason why all of this, you know, I say, quote, unquote, magic was done upon water. I'll even go a step further and say, I don't know, and I don't think we know really what the true significance of water is, because there's a lot of clues are pointing at maybe there's something more to water than meets the eye such as well I'll, what's his name i think it's dr emoto he was a guy are, are you familiar with his work who photographed the the water crystals for example nope so this was a this is a, a pretty a somewhat controversial scientist from Japan, who did all sorts of experiments with mm -hmm. music and words and and uh, intention upon water, and then would photograph um, the crystals of the water, and was able to consistently show that there was some degree of. Um, when something which is uplifting, let's say, was set upon water, that the crystals formed in a in a symmetric and 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 beautiful way, and right. something which is discordant. So, if that's the case, and if and it one of the implications of that would be is that water has some degree of memory, or, and so mm -hmm. so that would be what I mean by we don't fully understand. At least I'm not satisfied sure. with what exactly the nature of water is. But could it not also be said that whatever the scientist was using to project the water onto the uh, project the sound onto the water could would cause a vibrational rift within the water itself? Therefore, it's not the river that is responsible for the crystallization. It is the vibration coming out of the speaker onto the water. Are you talking about the the scientist's experiments or yeah. are you talking about the river? I'm talking about the scientist's experiments uh, yeah, with yeah. the river. I mean, certainly yeah. anything's anything's possible. That's why I say like it's above my pay grade. I wasn't there. I don't have I don't have access to um, that powerful of a of a camera. Like I've done my own experiments yeah. and I can't zoom in that much. So maybe. And that's why I said it's somewhat controversial because there have been people who say that I have not been able to replicate what this person has done. And then there have been people who said they can replicate it. 
I'm just gathering information and pulling it together. So I'm interested in, in, in asking questions. I don't, I don't necessarily think that I have the answers, but I, I certainly follow where it's pointing. But following where it's pointing doesn't always get you to the correct answer. That's correct. But, you know, if you don't follow anything, you're not going to go anywhere. You and I have to take our final break for this hour, and uh, we should be back on the other side in about three and a half minutes, XO Nation. Our guest this hour is Michael Mon. And if you'd like to find out more about Michael, find out his, his, about his book. His website is SasquahannaAlchemy.com. And this is the Exxon, a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. Coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me your emails, same email address for the past 29 years during this show. Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com. We'll be back on the other side as we wrap up this hour. Don't go away. Michael Wan is our guest this hour. Exxon Nation. His website is SasquahannaAlchemy.com. Michael, can you tell us the um, the connection or what part baseball and Mormonism plays in the uh, in the river? Uh, certainly. And uh, um, I'm going to let me address the, the baseball one first. Sure. So located at at the source location, literally about 150 feet from where the river begins to flow mm-hmm. is the Baseball Hall of Fame. It's 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 in Cooperstown, New York. Right. And are you are you a baseball fan? Are you knowledgeable about baseball? I, I used to watch the Montreal Expos when they first uh, started in Montreal when I was uh, living there as a child. But after that, it was kind of like you hit the ball, you catch the ball, you throw <laughs> it. <in life. laughs> okay. Well, from a from a historian's perspective, mm-hmm. um, the reason why baseball is is Hall of Fame is located in Cooperstown is something which is known as the Double Day Myth. And the long and the short of it, in the early 1900s, a whole bunch of, of owners of different baseball teams had gotten together and they were going to get to the bottom of who invented baseball. Right. And they came to the conclusion that Civil War General Abner Doubleday invented baseball and he invented baseball in Cooperstown. And this is where baseball is. And baseball is an American sport. And, and everyone was like, rah, rah, rah. But then... It was all based upon the testimony of, of a 76-year-old man, and if you did the math, he would have been five years old, and it, it, it just didn't hold any weight. And so it kind of has like this, like, wink, wink, nod, nod, yeah. sort of, you know. But for whatever reason, it stuck. Yeah. And because of that, the Baseball Hall of Fame was, 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 was built there. So now I'm going to go and add a little bit more information to the story. So yes, Abner Doubleday, he is he was a Civil War general and, and he was a hero. In fact, he was the uh, the uh, um, the 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 man who saved the day for the Union at the Battle of Gettysburg, where everything turned around for the North. But this man was also the president of the United States. Um, or the, the, the Theosophical Society, the United States branch. He replaced H.P. or Helena Blavatsky once she left the United States to return to India. So we have this aspect of Doubleday. And the person who actually 
came to the conclusion, the one who said, this is the reason, this is the man who, who, who invented baseball was a gentleman by the name of Albert Spalding. And Albert Spalding was the president and the owner of the Chicago Cubs. And he himself was a very prominent member of the Theosophical Society. He, he contributed uh, great deals of money to it. So it wasn't just a belief, you know, he's putting his, his, he's putting his cash behind it. Mm -hmm. So we can begin to look at the story, how this, this, this prominent the, member of the Theosophical Society mentions or, or, or claims that the, the, the inventor of the game of baseball invented it at this location and he just so happened to be the president of the theosophical society and this is just one more piece because what you know we talked about this a little bit earlier about like the smoking gun idea yeah. it's like when we begin to see all of this 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 these anecdotal pieces of information together you know, uh, something begins to come into focus. Right? I, I think what I'm seeing here is that you are the collector of the pieces of the great um, jigsaw puzzle. And in front of people, you take the pieces and put the puzzle together. Well, like I said in the beginning, I follow a golden thread. That mm -hmm. is correct. And so to answer your question about Mormonism, yeah. so so Mormonism, if you if you read their history, if you read their 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 um, lineage, their founder, Joseph Smith, mm -hmm. it was within the Susquehanna River that he was visited by, I believe it was John the Baptist, I'm not a Mormon, um, but and was baptized into what they called the pre the Arianic priesthood, which allowed him to eventually create the Church of Latter-day Saints. Uh, Little League Baseball is also established and located on the Susquehanna River also. All of these things that I've mentioned so far, they have all occurred at very, very clear transitional points from a physical perspective of the river. Um, other aspects, we have Three Mile Island, um, this, this 40, 40th parallel at the, at the Susquehanna River, all this different stuff happened, but Three Mile Island, the nuclear power plant, which really changed the outcome of, of or the direction of, of nuclear power, that right. also is, can be found upon the river. So, so what you're saying is, is correct. The, the compiler of the jigsaw puzzles, um, that's a fair description. Are the jigsaw pieces? Yeah. Okay. So if we take the past, which is really interesting. Okay. You've brought it into the future. I'm sorry, into the present. And mm -hmm. you've done a good job of that. Where do you see the the events that were started in the Susquehanna? Where do you where is it going to take us into the future? Or take well, you into the future? It's it's I would suggest that it's what what technologists or futurists generally refer to as the singularity. And so I don't know what that is. It's mm -hmm. a, in my opinion, it's a general term. In my opinion, it's it's also a term which represents, you know, whatever the age of Aquarius actually is. That's what the threshold needs to be crossed before it is fully embodied and it's uh, both a conceptual idea but it's very physical i mean that's that's a whole nother hour conversation to to have but but yeah the, the singularity is where it's all going
I was reading something. Uh, just give me a sec here. Why is it a river goddess and not a river god? Uh, well, I mean, a couple things. So um, Celtic, from the Celtic tradition, the, right. it, the wa water has a, a feminine connotation, but you do see at Vedic that there are gods uh, associated with rivers. Mm -hmm. But that being said, um, again, a whole nother hour conversation, um, the the river is filled with goddess symbology once you know what to look for. And then once you understand a little bit about Rosicrucianism and Freemasonry and within their symbology, all of that's goddess worship as well. So um, the why goddess instead of God, you know, again, above my pay grade, but mm -hmm. I'm just saying like this is what all of the evidence or the pieces of information are pointing towards. Um when it comes to masonry, uh, where do we make the connection between the influence of masonry and the Susquehanna? Well, it's not well. Da, 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 how to answer that? I, when I talk about this, mm -hmm. I'm making reference more so to the individuals who are connected to these events, who happen to be prominent members within Freemasonry. I uh, gotcha. Mind you, back then there were a lot of people who were involved in Freemasonry. It was the thing to do, the thing to be. Uh, I I would be interested to know like what what the what the percentages would be. I I don't know what that answer, but yes, you're right, and particularly amongst um, amongst um, influential men, as well as right. as well as police officers and politicians. And as of today, that's still, yep. you know, we have those connotations. Very much so. Yes, very much so. Uh, the American Philosophical Society, mm -hmm. uh, that plays a big part of this as well. And, you know, and I tend to be a little bit more interested or more drawn to, um, I'm saying this, this word with quotation marks around it, like the more exclusive, let's say, uh, groups, just because it, the numbers are a little bit smaller. Like for, for the reason what you, you were just kind of indicating, like, well, wasn't everyone a Mason? Like, yeah. I don't know if it was that big. I don't know what those percentage, I don't know what percentage of population were Masons. My guess is I can't imagine being larger than 1%, but, you know, that's sure. just me ballparking something. I don't know. How did you do the studying of the secret societies? Are you a Mason? No, I'm, I'm not a member of any secret societies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the information which I know and... I tend to be ra a little bit, um, you know, I, I say it's tongue in cheek, like mm -hmm. how, how, how revealing can the secrets of the, the Freemasons book be that you could find in, in Barnes and Noble, sure. you know, but from things like that. So from, from readily available information. So my guess is there's more information. I've, I've spoken to a yeah. lot of Freemasons. Um, the, the, the symbology, the conclusions uh, that I point to, or at least suggest, resonates very much with members who I have met um, within these groups. But then again, um, you know, they're also kind of hush-lipped, but sure. I can see that I'm saying things which are new to them, but then also um, seems to capture a little bit of their attention you know that's about as far as i can go with that there's a great new series on uh, netflix called inside freemasonry and if anybody has any questions about freemasonry it's uh, just go on to netflix and uh, 
It's there. Michael, I want to thank you so much for joining us. It's been a great pleasure. And ExoNation, if you'd like to get more information about our guest this hour, Michael Wan, his website is SusquehannaAlchemy.com. That's www.SusquehannaAlchemy.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price of participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. 